Hey guys, this is Jane, and this is episode 5 of Tacos and Tales. I'm Liz. I'm Jane. And you are listening to Tacos and Tales, a deliciously scary podcast for the taco enthusiast. Welcome back to our fifth episode. We're so excited to have gotten past episode one. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Can we not bring up episode one anymore? Oh, <laughs> deletes it. <laughs> If you recommend us to your friends, please tell them to start, like, on episode three so that that way they'll keep listening. I liked episode two. I thought it was good. I don't remember, honestly. If I'm TBH. There was wine involved, so. (laughs) Much like there is now. Today we'll be drinking a Cabernet. Oh, I'm sorry, a Chardonnay. I'm drinking a Cabernet. Honestly, who cares, right? I feel like people who are wine snobs, like... (laughs) <laughs> y'all don't know what y'all are talking about. It's wine. It all smells like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. But it's good. So, what's going on, Liz? What's going on in your life? Tell me everything. Um, so I have a lot of leftover wine because I've been doing some wine demos. Okay. Um, they've been really fun and really I'm just in it for the free wine. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Okay. So this week we had a new addition to our little crew, a little baby. A little baby taco. (laughs) (laughs) Should we edit that out? (laughs) A little baby was added to our crew. We're so excited. So congratulations to our friend Maida. I don't know if you listen, and if you don't, you're a hater, but whatever. I still love your baby. So she just had a baby. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Um, And so it got me thinking kind of just about, like, children and childhood and tacos (laughs) and wine. (laughs) Um, All that. (laughs) All that. I just kind of went, like, down a rabbit hole of, you know, of stuff. Children and tacos. So I was thinking about folklore that is designed to discipline children and... It was really interesting to read about. Um, And I was going to go through, like, uh, this Ecuadorian story and this Brazilian story, mostly because my coworkers are, one is Ecuadorian and one is Brazilian. And apparently I don't do anything else other than sleep and work. And talk to your coworkers about stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Do I even work? (laughs) Um, But when I started researching them, I came across... My original, or I think something that's very familiar to everybody that listens. Um, I think I know what it is. What? I don't know. Is it the cuckoo? It is el (laughs) cuckoo. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know how I ended up here. I think when I just saw the name, I was like, (gasps) okay, that's one that I'm going to do. And I was going to do like all this different stuff. But I just came back to el cuckoo and I just (laughs) remember... Our, you know, our aunts when we were younger. My mom is more American, so she didn't really do this to us. I was going to say that we weren't really um, 
brought up with that so we can't really relate when mm-hmm. people can't say <laughs> when people say like oh my god you know growing up and my mom and the kukui and we're just like what no, because we, we didn't, didn't we didn't do we, that yeah no. our mom didn't really use that with us and by our mom we mean hashtag taco mom hey. thanks for everybody for giving her so much love that was really cute she didn't want to be taco mom but you can't always now. get what you want yeah that was fun i can't wait to have her on again um, but yeah, so we didn't really grow up with those like, oh, you better be good or, you know, the, the kukui is going to come to get you or, mm-hmm. oh, you better be good or you know, the police are going to come get you, girl. No. Yeah. My mom just had the look. So I think as scary as this podcast will ever get, nothing will ever be as intense as that look. <laughs> like, this is not a playground. <laughs> um, Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. Down, but I mean, she but now we're adult and we do whatever we want. So ha ha, <laughs> she's gonna hear you. <laughs> um. So yeah. So the kukui is something. If for those of you friends that don't know what the kakar, <laughs> what the kukui is, I, I actually don't don't really know the story. Like I know me either. Me either. But I don't know of it. <laughs> Me either, and like we said in our very first podcast that you shouldn't listen to it anymore. I mean, we're Mexican, but it kind of got away from us. I don't know. We'd... I just, I feel like we were, I don't even know how to. <laughs> we never belonged anywhere, okay? <laughs> I guess I don't, really, I don't really know how to explain. We're, we're American. We weren't, you know, brought up with the tradition. We were to a certain extent, but like, you know, I'll be with my friends, and they'll be talking about certain, like, Mexican shows or, like, kids' Mexican shows, and they'll be like, oh, I remember? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I remember Full House. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I remember, like, Sábado Gigante from when my grandma used to watch it, watch it but... Mm-mm. Yeah, so... I think, I think maybe we're not alone. I think there is a group of people out there that are kind of in the same... Um, demographic that we are where we're mm-hmm. hispanic or more american but yet we're still um you know what i mean yeah we're still like um close to our roots and we still honor those mexican traditions but i mean we're very much american and we grew up we're you like you said we're completely different we're in a different group we are you know not so much like first generation mexicans where they are still very close to you know that mexican kind of upbringing um, and then I guess, what else could you say that we're we're white? We're absolutely not white, or whatever their culture <laughs> we're, may be. We're American. We're wonderfully brown. We're human and tan. I'm not brown. Oh, Why? we're humans. That's what we are. We're humans. We're part of the human race, and we've had a very uh, distinct upbringing, and I'm grateful for that because I know a lot about everything. So I know about Sabado Gigante, and I know about Andy Griffiths. So. I'm so happy. Yeah, honestly, we're all over the spectrum. Uh huh. And I think we have Taco Mom to um to thank for that. Oh, what I love. Yeah. I mean, we're not gonna tell her because <laughs> y'all know how she gets. Um, but okay. back to El Cucuy. Um, that's what I'm gonna talk about this week. But do you want to go first, or I feel like no, I've go. been talking a lot. No, go. We are my third glass of wine. <laughs> We already start. You already started it, so Keep why did you shush me? This is literally a podcast. I feel like that's what podcasts are like: people drinking wine and just like talking. Uh-huh. But okay, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me if you hear pouring in about 
five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this wine has me right. I like this one a lot better than the one last week. Cabernet. And I'm hot, but I'm not sweating. Yeah. No. I didn't get sweaty at all. So, esta es la historia del cucuy. Or coco, as you might hear it. So, in my... I'm not going to say this as a story because it's not really a story. There's just a lot of historical facts, facts mm -hmm, that attribute to el cucuy. And, um, oh, yeah, like I was saying, I'm sorry. For those of you who are not Mexican or of the same little group that we are... El cucuy was something that Mexican parents or even Latin American parents used um, to discipline their kids. So it was like, Portate bien o va a venir el cucuy. Behave or the cucuy is going to come get you. And basically the premise was that the cucuy is going to kidnap you and you're never going to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just childhood trauma, something to get you to act right. I think it's like kind of like a Latin boogeyman. Yes. So I was going to do the boogeyman also, but then I was like, we don't know nothing about the boogeyman. <laughs> I do know the cucuy. So we'll go from there. Wine break. So el cucuy appears in lots of places, and it is said that he originated um, somewhere in a region of Spain named Galicia. Ooh, Galicia. Do Sorry. We, is there wine from there? Should we change this to... Wino and taco. No, no but whenever I was researching our last name, I feel like it came from Galicia. Oh. Okay. For those of you who know our last name, for you strangers, don't try to find it. <laughs> um, Classified so. information. <laughs> Jane and Liz are not even our real names. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so El Cucuy originated from Galicia, Spain. Um, and it actually originated as Coco. Hmm. So, for those of you who have seen the movie Coco, imagine if this, if the <laughs> movie had been about this specific demon that continues to appear throughout history, I think it would be a very different movie. Mm -hmm. So, in Spain, it appears as a monster with a pumpkin head, two <gasps> eyes, and a mouth. A pumpkin head? Mm-hmm. Remember that movie Pumpkin Head? Mm-mm. Okay. What year, what year was that? I don't know. I just remember it would be on sometimes on Channel 20. UPN, Paramount, I think, is the other station. And it would be on randomly and I would watch it. Pumpkinhead? Pumpkinhead. It's like a B, a B horror movie. Anyway, okay. Continuing on. Uh -huh. So Coco um, started off as a monster with a pumpkin head. But it is said that it originated from the region of Moncow, where he was actually depicted as a dragon. <laughs> So this particular dragon um, went up against the horse of St. George. And I don't know who St. George is, but apparently he's a big deal in Spain. Okay, and, horse. Huh? and he had a horse. <laughs> and he had a horse. So um, Coco went up against St. George, and if he would scare him, then that means that the crops would be good for that year. Okay, I'm trying to understand why you're reaching for my iPad. Well, because I was going to look up St. George's. All of my private things. As you're reading. It doesn't have a, a lock code, so there can't be that private <laughs> things on here. If you know me in real life, you know that none of my stuff is locked because I really don't care. So, um, going back historically, Coco appeared as early as 469 B.C., where Iberian warriors would put heads on their spike spikes as an offering to Coco. So to me that makes me think maybe 
Coco was like a demon that appeared in wars or made people angry. Maybe. I don't know. So, I mean, there you have this demon who appears in war, and then you have these Mexican parents trying to get their kids to go to sleep because the damn demon is going to come after them. So, St. George is the patron saint of the former crown of Aragon, um, and he's also the patron saint of several cities in Spain. Okay. That Thank was... you for that information that we can do nothing with. <laughs> that was anticlimactic. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so he he appeared as early as 469, and these people are, you know, putting the heads of their enemies on these spikes to please this demon that nobody really knows where he came from. Um, and then, so you come to the 15th century, and the description of him is the same. It's kind of the same dragon with the red eyes, and he's a common motif of warfare. So... In every instance where he appears, there was war and destruction and death. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when the conquistadors came to Mexico, um, he it is thought that it got mixed with the mythology and the beliefs of the Aztecs and the Mayas, and he started to be regarded as kind of the opposite of, an, of a guardian angel. So it's, so it started as a dragon with red eyes <laughs> I'm so glad that warfare and death and destruction is so funny to you. <laughs> Would you like to share with the class, Liz? No, I sh- <laughs> The police are coming for me. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Anyway, y'all. So what started as a dragon with red eyes was now considered a sort of of an amorphous creature and for those of you who don't know what amorphous is I did have to google it as well if the public school system also failed you it is something without a clearly defined shape or form hmm. so the you know these Mexican people started to think that this cucuy or coco could take any form he would hide behind um, he would hide behind curtains, he would hide behind furniture, always hunting kids that were misbehaving. So if you're misbehaving, El Kukui will come find you. So I wonder how the words change from Coco or mm. Coco to Kukui. If you wouldn't have cut me off, I'm getting Sorry right about into that. that. No problem. Just drink my wine while you talk. Sure, of course. So Coco hunts children who misbehave. El Cucuy were thought to hunt the naughtiest children. <gasps> so the worst of the worst is is what the Cucuy would come try to find. And so that's why parents would sing rhymes and lullabies to their kids, warning them that the Cucuy or Coco would come and eat them if they didn't behave. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I don't know. I, if you ever babysit <clears throat> my children's, do not. <laughs> Do not threaten them with a demon coming to take them away forever if they are misbehaving. I would have thought that the word kind of was like a mashup of them saying like, Oh, you know, I've been el cocoy. I've been el cocoy. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally he read it. So then like people just end up like hearing somebody say it. And no, like, oh, actually okay. it was, um, I did find, so actually the name, um, Coco was said to come from the word coconut, which was given to the fr- to the fruit by the sailors of Vasco da Gama, but it's not necessarily known if that's true. Where is Vasco da Gama? Um, he was also a... Oh, hey, it's a him? It's a uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
He was also a conquistador. Oh, okay. So all these conquistadors just brought their demons, smallpox, syphilis, measles, and mumps when they came to the um, and their weirdo to the Americas. Honestly, if I'm being honest, if I'm being TBH. <coughs> and that is the story of the cucuy. So next time you're misbehaving, or next time your children are misbehaving, el cucuy will come find you. Okay, so now that I've scared you with a little bit of childhood trauma, <laughs> so now that we've gone through that, I think it's time for a taco, taco break. break! So for today's taco, we will be enjoying a mole taco, which mm. is basically on a corn tortilla with seasoned chicken smothered in mole sauce. Mm. Lasu, would you like to tell us what mole is? Because sure. I googled it and it said melanocyte nevus, <laughs> a usually non <laughs> non cancerous disorder of pigment producing skin cells, commonly called birthmarks or moles. Very common, more than three million U.S. cases per year. Okay, good to know because I have like three million all over my body. Um. <laughs> So, mole is just a mixture of spices and chocolate and peanut butter and, like, all this random stuff. Uh, we make ours from a pre-package. <laughs> <laughs> but the, like, the, the legit way to make it is you put, like, spices and you put breadcrumbs and you put peanut butter and you put some, like, unsweetened chocolate, I want to say, and you uh, mash it all up and you bring it. Um, and you put like water and you boil it and it's like a very tedious process mm. for those of us of uh, our Mexican friends who listen to our podcast if you can give a better description than a bunch of random stuff please <laughs> leave it in the comments or text us and we will update or we could be a little bit better prepared <laughs> <laughs> well I, honestly like I googled it and there were several different ways to make mole so I think it kind of just depends on the region, um, one of my very good friends, his friend, his friend, his mom makes um, green mole, in which if you're not familiar with mole, it's usually like a dark, dark brown kind of reddish color, but she makes green mole, and I'm not sure what makes it different or what makes it green, but it is so good. Hmm. Ivan, if you're listening, please tell your mom to make some green mole, please. There are a lot of different... Um, Variations. Descriptions <laughs> of mole. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's a very good taco. I've seen it before with a little bit of queso fresco on top. I like to add a fresh element to pretty much everything, and I love, love, love cilantro and cebolla, which is literally cilantro and onion. Um, so, I feel like that always makes everything a little bit more delicious. For sure. And I've also seen. Um, my Argentinian friends will know what I'm talking about. They put it in an empanada. And so an empanada is basically like a turnover, and it, they fill it with, like, mole and all this different kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. My favorite Argentinian empanada that I've had has been a mole one. Yes. I've also had it in a, um, in a torta, which is kind of like a, a small French bread. Shout out to Norman Allen because that's where I ate them. Um, I've never had it. But, before. oh, my God, they're so... This good. I think so it good. was like Dia de los Reyes or something, but it was really good. 
That sounds so good. I'm so hungry. I know that you're. I know that hashtag taco mom better be working on that mole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully she comes in here and makes an appearance so you can get to know the real taco mom. <laughs> So I think that's it for our taco break. Um, let us know if you try any tacos this week. We're, we'd love to hear about it. Tag us at um, Tacos and Tales Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, and we will find you. Mm-hmm. And so will El Cucuy. Yeah, especially if you don't invite us to those tacos, the Cucuy will definitely get you. Okay, this was a new one. <laughs> We're going to go eat mole now. Okay, Liz, what do you have for us? Come on. Okay, so, hey guys, I am doing, I have three stories for you. (laughs) They're not long, don't worry, they're not long. Logs off. (laughs) It closes the app. (laughs) Just really quickly, I have this notebook that I write my podcast um, notes in, and it has like, inspiring quotes and the quote for today is the flower doesn't dream of the bee it blossom and the bee comes bitch what (laughs) what does that even mean okay so my stories are coming from germany i looked up um like scary stories with the moral that have been told to children and most all of that that would have come up like the search results would be stuff from Germany. So the Germans are kind of scary and they like scaring kids, which is okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> Guten Tag. <laughs> Guten Tag. Yeah. And that's good day. Okay. So these stories have some really cool German names and I was going to learn them and say them, but that didn't happen. So I'm just going to say the English um, versions. So the first story that I that I came across was the maiden with no hands. Okay. And so after I finished telling the story, can you help me and tell me what this is supposed to be teaching children? I will. Because I do not know. <laughs> so this is the story of a poor farmer who the devil appeared to, and um, uh, he he uh, promised him all the riches of the world if he would surrender whatever stands behind his mill. And so the farmer thought nothing of it because all that he had behind his mill were, like, apples and stuff. So he was like, oh, yeah, cool, you know, you can have whatever's back there because he didn't care. Well, little did he know that his daughter was back there. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So the devil um, was like, okay, cool, now I can take his daughter, which I think is probably who he was after. Mm -hmm. But she was so pure that he couldn't, he wasn't able to take her with him. So, like, if the devil tried to take me. Exactly, like if the devil would try to take you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the devil really wanted this girl, and he told the farmer that he needed to cut off her hands so that he could take her, which I don't know what the hands would have anything to do with it. So he does. He cut off her hands? The, the farmer cuts off his daughter's hands. What the hell? And I guess the devil is able to take his daughter with no hands. Isn't that weird? So she literally did it with no hands. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I killed myself. <laughs> there. So I wouldn't know, but I, I wonder what the significance of that was. Maybe were her hands like dirty? I don't or? know. But 
There was also, there's also some variations where she chops off her own arms in order to make herself unappealing because her brother is trying to get a little too friendly with her, if you know what I mean. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I wonder, so this is a Brothers Grimm story, and for those of you who don't know Brothers Grimm, they do all the, like, fairy tales and stuff that are meant to be for children. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's that's the one story that I found. Hmm. So if you guys, so if you, maybe it's like, um, see, that's why you should be where you're supposed to be, <laughs> <laughs> because like maybe the farmer thought that his daughter was supposed, was in her room or something, and oh. she was out in the back with the apples doing waiting devil for knows what. That makes yeah. sense. So that's why you, sh- you shouldn't lie to your parents about where you're going. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I like that. See? See, and it's only a heart as pure as mine would understand that. Maybe I can find a cricket, uh, cricket sound, sound effect. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so now that we've um, unpacked that. Mm-hmm. What else do you have for us, uh, Lasu? I have two more stories, and so these two stories come from a book, a German book that apparently is has been traumatizing and scaring kids <laughs> since eighteen forty five. Okay, and it's by Heinrich Hoffmann, and it's called Heinrich Hoffmann. Yeah, Heinrich Hoffmann. I'm done. Okay, and it's called. I'm gonna try to say it. I think it's called Struvel Peter. Um, or in English, it's called Shock-Headed Peter. Okay. So this is a book um, that came out in 1845, um, and it has ten stories in it. The guy that that wrote the book, he was looking for, like, a, like a picture book for his three-year-old son, and he decided that he didn't like anything that he was finding, so he decided to write his own book. Okay. And so he did, and... And so I've picked two stories that I thought were the, I know they were my favorite. One of the stories is a, is called, like I said, they have they have German names and I wanted to learn them and I didn't learn them so sorry, but it has to do with matches. There's a girl named Palinchen, and uh, she's home alone with her cats and she decides to play and dance around with matches. So upon seeing this, the cat starts screaming at her and telling her to stop. The cat does? The cats. Because <laughs> apparently cats can talk in this world that her Hoffman has smoky created. bear, they have smoky cat. Smoky cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's just like dancing around and playing with these matches. She doesn't listen to them. And so what ends up happening is she catches on fire and she burns to death. And so the only thing that's left at the end of the story is a pile of ashes with her cats crying around it. <laughs> so the moral of the story don't play with fire and or do drugs that make cats. your cats talk to you <laughs> listen, listen to your talking cats <laughs> oh my gosh that's I don't it's so weird I guess I don't we don't have any kids so we don't know like to what extremes people go to to get them to behave but I guess you can just traumatize them into acting right. But it is that uh, a thing? Probably, probably, but 
And then I, in my searches, I found several um, articles which I didn't read. But they say, like, are the stories of yesteryear too traumatizing for today's kids? I think so. And yes, so. they are, because today's kids are way too sensitive, and that's all I'm going to say. Anyway, <laughs> um, do you know that movie where there's, like, a school, and then the girl is, like, on a cliff, she's a ghost? You know, it, it always comes on around Halloween time. No. And, yes. It's the one movie where the little girl is singing that one song. Oh, The Woman in White. Oh, my. I am 29 years old, and every time I think of that movie, like, oh, my God, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I think that is the scariest movie, and I saw it probably when I was, like, seven <laughs> or eight. And I am so traumatized. If you have ever seen that movie, please be on my side, because it is so scary. Scary. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty scary. It's like I have goosebumps. I definitely think again we have our mom to thank for introducing us um, to s- Taco Mom to all the scary movies that she knew about at a very at a very young age, and <laughs> because of that we appreciate like the horror and the macabre and just everything weird and creepy so much so that we decided to create a podcast. Thanks, Taco Mom. <laughs> Inserts picture of her smiling. <laughs> oh, no, but yeah, that movie, The Woman in White. The so if you haven't White. seen it, Halloween time is right around the corner. Give it a watch because it is literally probably the scariest movie that I can think of right now. To me, it's just so scary. Yeah, it's a really creepy movie. And I think, well, why don't we... No. Why don't we what? Watch it? Mm-mm. No. Oh. In the days leading up to Halloween, let's uh, let's suggest movies that have kind of molded us into who we are because <laughs> we were introduced to them at such a young age. Um, and so that's the that's one of them, The Woman in White. Um, it has, uh, I don't know who it has, but it's, I feel like it's from the 80s. I'm about to Google it right now and put it in my doodle machine. Okay, so while she Googles that, let me tell you about my last story. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, my internet has never been so slow. Okay, so my last story is called The Thumbsucker. And this is a story about a little boy named Conrad who loves to suck his thumb. (laughs) Uh, But his mom was kind of fed up with him and told him, please stop sucking your thumb. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't. He continued to suck his thumbs. Thumbs, plural. And uh, so she finally said to him, hey, you are not listening to me and you keep sucking your thumbs. So if you don't stop, the tailor is going to come and cut your thumbs off. Okay. And so he finally, I guess he kind of stops for a little bit, but then low-key starts sucking his (laughs) thumbs again. And his mom catches him. And then she just has the tailor come on over and cuts off both, both of his thumbs. What is wrong with parents? (laughs) Good lord. I might not be a a (laughs) perfect parent when I grow up, but I'm not going to tell them these scary stories, and I'm not going to, and I'm going to correct them when they say mines. Okay, I'm on a different, (laughs) I just listened, just realized what you said. (laughs) I'm on a different boat, though. I will be telling them these stories, not to teach them a lesson, but just to expose them to these kinds of stories. So I think it's important to expose kids to scary stuff. Not, But probably not to scare them. But probably is. Yes. 
Um, incidentally, there's been a lot of references that last story, like pop culture references, but my favorite and the only one that matters to me is um, season two, episode 18 of The Office, the most amazing show ever. Um, Dwight ends up, uh, Dwight starts telling the story to a group of kids and then Michael's like so um, horrified at the story that he just stops him. So <clears throat> if you know The Office, then... <laughs> Are you sure it's called The Woman in White? Mm Mm-hmm. What is the song? Have you ever seen a dream? Okay. Have you ever seen a dream? Lady in White. Okay, sorry. She's a lady. She's not a woman. She's a lady. Oh, it's not available on any streaming platforms, but you can watch it on Voodoo for (laughs) (laughs) $2.99. Okay, I think that's enough of that. Okay, so... Yeah, definitely check that out. That's The Lady in White. <laughs> and that's our first suggestion leading up to the Halloween night. <laughs> Movies to eat with your tacos. I hope you guys have enjoyed our episode on How to Discipline Your Kids 101. Um, it seems like lots of different cultures have different stories to keep your kids in line. Um, let us know in the comments what stories you were told as a kid. Um, what scary movie or thing still haunts you as an adult we want to know everything um and thank you guys so much for listening yes thank you everybody for listening we finally hit 100 followers on instagram so pretty happy about that um our instagram is at tacos the letter n tales podcast make sure to follow us and uh go and check out our couple of posts that we have on there and follow us on facebook as well at tacos letter n tales podcast and i think that's it thanks again thank you and i think that's it thank you so much again for listening um please like share comment subscribe to our channels we are available on podbean itunes stitcher and now Spotify. And now Spotify. Yes. So if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. Uh, we appreciate you guys' support so much. And we love you all. Eat some tacos and have a good night. Okay. Okay. Have some wine. <laughs>